740. It needs to be less than 740. Oh, it's you, Max. Who's this? It's you, Max. Oh, do you know what that is? That's the <laughs> castle playing. That's just, the castle yeah, yeah, playing. I was going to say, I that's heard right. the price. You I'm so just, sorry. That's okay. You that's can, can, David will chop that part out. and I'll, I was stopped. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we discuss movies that have gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. Potentially. Potentially gone bad. Uh, my name is Paris Abbott Taylor, and with me as ever is my wonderful co-host, you want to say David your... Rogers? That's I never know, me. I never know if you want to say your name, but there we are. It's David you know, Rogers. Hey, uh, whatever feels good. I know. Go with it. Take it into. We've got a great guest today too, which I'm really excited about. Um, he is joining us from the southern hemisphere from a Melbourne lockdown, so we feel extremely <laughs> excited. But before we jump into introducing this wonderful guest that I've known for many, many years. David, what is the movie that we're talking about today? We are doing The Castle. And if you're looking in the search bar on Amazon, it says The Castle, the Australian movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got a little confused. You sent me a, a screenshot. You're like, this one? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it literally pops up as you're writing The Castle. It's like The Castle. And it's got a couple of other options. And then it's like The Australian movie. Yeah. So it's The Castle, 1997, directed by Rob, is it Stitch? And then writing by uh, Santo Cerullo, Tom Gleisner, Jane Kennedy, and Rob yeah, Stitch. It's like a written by committee, or committee basically. Oh, cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and conceived by. So they came up with a story together. We love that. And whose turn is it to the synopsis, David? I think that is me. So this is great because it is an Australian yeah. movie. So I would know it inside and out. But I'm curious to hear what you think this movie is about. <laughs> American hit me. Yes. Okay. So I got this kind of David versus Goliath. You got a guy, his loving family. This guy just oozes positivity every morning. Big family guy tells his wife, loves her cooking constantly, always cracking jokes with his sons, always got a positive outlook every day. Love that vibe. I need more of that mindset mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. So he lives next to an airport and <laughs> everybody else would be like, fuck, I live next to the airport. But he says, oh, this is great. We live right next to the airport in case we ever got to fly anywhere, right? That positive mindset, that positive filter that we'll discuss and everything he's looking at it from a good angle. So knock on the door, someone come checks out his, his beautiful mansion, his castle, where, you know, it's not a house, it's, it's his home that he built with his family. And they take, you know, a notepad and they're checking everything off, gets a letter saying that the airline using pretty much um, the country's laws, they're going to take his house to expand the airport. So right. it's, you got this small guy and a couple of people in the town versus this huge corporation mm -hmm. with all this money and the lawyers behind him. And, you know, he hits some downfalls, him and his family, and they kind of get through it and they find a guy who helps them out, you know, kind of a little bit of an a, a angel lawyer uh, that shows up and, and they win the case and he keeps his home and his beautiful family. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I'm excited to talk about yeah, this Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. You did use the term mansion, and that's 
Interesting. I think the thing to remember about this film is that it is not a mansion, but in his mind, it's the best place in the world. So mm -hmm. that's why it's called the castle because he says a man's home is his castle. So, well, that's a great synopsis, David. Great job. Before we dive in too far, let's introduce Max Price calling in all the way from a farm somewhere in Victoria. Hello, mm -hmm. Max. Thanks for joining us. Hey team, I'm pumped to be here and <laughs> I'm pumped to talk about this film as well, David. I literally like ran from the, I've done a lot of running in the last 24 hours because literally we had a press conference from a premiere, a Victorian premiere at like 4.45 in the afternoon and it said at midnight that night, stage four lockdown, you can't go further than 5Ks from your home or that. So we booked an Airbnb and then by like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock last night, we rolled into a farm and we're here for like five nights, just getting out of the city. Oh, wow. Crazy. Awesome. Is that yeah. because like the, the rates are going back up? There's a rise in, in cases or what? Or just yeah, so in New South Wales and Sydney, there's been this like massive cluster and then these like removalists went like, took a truck down to Victoria, to Melbourne and they went to like some sporting games and did all this. <laughs> they were infected and it's just like, and then they, oh, then, the, no. then they were trying to investigate where they were going. The removalists just decided to like not cooperate. And they were like, Oh, I don't want to tell you where we've been. And uh, it's what? been crazy. It's been so. So they can't do contract or contact tracing. What are, what's a removalist? Like a mover. Oh yeah, like there's okay. someone's really gone from like like moved their house from Sydney and they needed they've hired some movers and these guys are like it's funny they've you can almost picture you know you, you can visualize who they are because it's literally like they went to some um, like pub and then they went to like Hungry Jacks which I don't know well, it's, um, it's Burger King over here Burger King okay. yeah <laughs> and then you know, they've just gone to they look like they're just unhealthy people <laughs> right okay they don't give a fuck no, I really had Burger fuck. King last night guys. no but so that's not on. that's not what they don't give a fuck about they don't give a fuck I'm about kidding. traveling yeah about COVID and COVID and it's just honestly what's so tracing. what's so funny to me is Max we've had such a different like COVID experience to Australians. Oh. So obviously I'm an Aussie. I can't get back in the country. It's very difficult, limited flights. Australia gets like a couple of cases. They freak the fuck out and make everybody go into crazy lockdown. In America, we had such an insanely terrible death toll in the beginning. David and I live like two blocks from each other. We didn't see each other in person for like five months. Um, because we were all, I mean, we were actually in a bubble together. So we did get together and do some like outdoor doorsy type things, but like we have just been in insane, crazy lockdown. And only recently we've had like our masks mandated, lifted, um, but there's been no sort of like stopping on traveling. There's like, you know, people basically in America, like my freedoms and they do whatever they want. And so <laughs> we are having a new mask mandate come into play um, because the cases are rising and the variants are happening and people are refusing the vaccines, which is, you know, crazy in my opinion i don't even care i'm saying it i think if you don't get the vaccine you're a crazy person like get it okay. just do okay. it um, you gotta take your tinfoil hat off and go get it yeah so, <laughs> so anyway so it's just funny that you guys have had to escape but i will say this as well i have heard about the 5k thing which is five kilometers is probably like 100 miles i don't know the conversion to be honest with you but it's like it's a lot of random miles but that that's so wild that they're policing it in in Australia yeah. where you can't even go like if you live more than five kilometers that's far 
not Five, really. You're saying that's a hundred miles? No, it's not a oh, hundred. I was teasing. Yeah, it's like three three, yeah. It's like three, three miles. Oh, yeah. that that makes sense. A hundred so, miles yeah. is a lot. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd have to Someone's do the going hundred miles anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, Max, you really had to get out, huh? I mean, in Australia, yeah, stretch, it's like stretch your legs. Yeah, no, but I mean, seriously, like if you don't live within five kilometers of a grocery store or a, I don't know, um, a liquor store, which is the only thing that got me through the pandemic, what are you supposed to do? Well, I literally, <laughs> this morning, this morning I drove into town to get some coffees and it was 12Ks to just drive to like the closest coffee shop oh, and closest geez. like grocery store. So I don't know. So, I, how do, no so how does it work for you then? Did, did you like, are you allowed so, outside of Victoria, like a Melbourne center? Well, I, we got here before the lockdown started. Right. So therefore I haven't broken any, any laws. Like if I had to come today, I'm breaking laws. That's how crazy it is. I was just, that's why we had to book it that night and get here last night. Wow. Um, but so no, I'm, I'm not, but so I'm saying like, cause the closest coffee shop to you right now is. Oh, right. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I, I have no idea. It's or so is there, is the, the new lockdown not where you're at or where you came from no, or is it everywhere? It's the whole state. Like, yeah, oh, it's crazy. But that's, uh, what I, I, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, if you, like, because Australia, David, is pretty spread out. So, like, there are suburbs where, parts. yeah, and, and there's, like, you know, like, there's there's places where it is far to get to the grocery store. So, I'm just, like, how are they expecting people to live? Well, I literally, the farm that we're at at the moment, I'm looking out the window, and I, I've got, we've got really good views. There's just cows and grass for 5Ks in every direction. Yeah. <laughs> so unless we like kill a cow and eat it, make our own steak. Yeah. And that's the only thing we can do. Yeah. That sounds like a movie you could make. Further, yeah. I have to go further than the 5Ks. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, so Max, let's talk about you um, before we get too sidetracked because the pandemic is a never ending topic in our lives. Um, so Max and I actually know each other from Hong Kong. We are both expat kids, oh, met, over, met overseas. Um, I think we met in a musical or a play. We were both big play kids. Um, he went to a different school, but, you know, we all sort of, found each other the weird weird theater kids that needed an outlet yeah. yeah and and then max moved to australia and a couple of years ago he started priceless productions and um he's definitely had some things go viral i've seen on the internet and max most recently you launched an app called laughscape can you tell us a little bit about it well, that was born out of uh a lockdown uh so i have, a, I have the pandemic to thank for this idea um, we were actually filming a fourth season of a TV show in Australia, uh, a sketch comedy show that was um, a 14 day shoot and we got shut down 11 days in oh. and it was the weirdest experience. We were literally, the day one we're all, you know, on set first day hugging each other and having like buffet lunches and, and then like by day 11 we're all we're like literally we are all separated at lunch and like the runner in his in a, like a hazmat suit handing out like pre-packed lunches <laughs> and then the and you know we were trying to shoot a comedy and we'd be coming on set and I'd be saying hello to the sound guy I'd be like hey Colin how's your morning and he's like I just lost my next six months worth of work so fuck this day and I'm like cool all right let's cool let's shoot some <laughs> let's all have let's, a lot keep that energy yeah yeah, yeah keep that energy <laughs> but that was like a reflection of everyone on set lost their next gig and um yeah so I was sitting at home and we we weren't able to film anything. We weren't able to do anything. And uh, I downloaded one of those like, you know, calm and headspace. And I was like, this is so 
serious. I mm-hmm. can't really buy into it. Um, you know, like focus all that energy in your shoulder. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I kept reverting back to like an old, an old podcast, so Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant, uh, Cal Pilkington. It's like a mid 2000s podcast. And that would be how I would fall asleep because it would just stop me from thinking my own thoughts. Yeah. And uh, then decided to, I did a joke one in front of my partner and she's like, oh, that's kind of good. And then I did another one with a microphone and put some like backing tracks of meditative backing tracks. And then, um, yeah, we it just started like steamrolling into, oh, maybe I can contact some app developers. And then, you know, we did like a session with them. And before you knew it, we like literally dived in the deep end and, and built an app. I never thought of, I thought I'd be one of those drunk guys at a bar going like, I got a great app idea. And then yeah. you never do anything about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did it. We decided like, let's, 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 um, let's try this. And it cost us a lot, but we love it. And um, yeah, people, it's only been live like a month. And yeah, I think we've already got like 4,000 people that have downloaded it and like people getting messages from people in, like hospitals and stuff and like a psychologist psychologist has recommended it to a client it's been like crazy it's wow. really that's crazy. amazing um so yeah it's it's uh it's been re- it's been a really nice thing to distract us and put our energy into a project because we were i was on set all all this week and um we've we wrapped yesterday and uh we're in a lockdown again and yeah. we had another day filming today and we only shot half of it. I just don't know. I just, I can't imagine the stress I'd be under at the moment. But yeah. we, yeah. So this is great to distract. The, the app thing is great to distract us and comedians love doing it. Yeah. Um, and and I yeah. Seen, yeah, it seems like you guys have gotten some good press too. I saw you were on like either the Today Show or the Morning Show. Um, I'm, you yeah. know, been, been living out of Australia for 10 years now and have lost track. But people sometimes, you know, share clips and looks great yeah. i mean it looks like it's g- gathering some steam so that's awesome yeah it's very it's a very pandemic-y uh pr- you know it's like it's very uh relevant for being locked down because it's like people stressing and not being able to sleep at night and then there's like hey there's a like bunch of comedians helping you try and fall asleep on this app and mm-hmm. so that's we have that on our side so go lockdowns more the merrier yeah <laughs> he's good like, for business he's like oh, please no um but no, no, no i mean i mean I, it sounds like you need some more american listeners most of us you know we also age like milk was born in the pandemic you know david and i kind of came up i pitched david this idea i was watching a lot of movies in the pandemic and same as you guys like we needed something to bring joy to our own lives and we've been you know, really thrilled to see people connect to us um, as well. So yeah, yay it. to pandemic babies. Um, yeah, sure. You have actually real babies at home as well, which is great too sure. now. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, that's super interesting. And as a writer, director, sometimes actor, I'm glad that you have something to put your energy into because as we all know from experiencing this pandemic, you know, uh, productions re- really you have to be sort of in person there's only so many zoom episodes that you can shoot before everyone's like i'm over it absolutely absolutely and i mean i'm sure we're about we're about to segue onto the onto this film but we were able to start writing a film and we want to try and make Ooh. a really australian film and we're, we're kind of we've got the outline now and we're, we're starting to actually um put pen to paper with in, in other words sorry go from just like Google Docs to Final Draft. But um, 
but yeah it's that's like I don't know about you guys but creatively I just hit a massive like wall because it's just you know there's nothing to kind of take from in real life because you're just stuck at home there's only so yeah. many so many so many observations you can make about your better half before it's like can you stop looking at me like that and judging and writing (laughs) my flaws (laughs) yeah it's it's a weird time I feel like I really leaned into the addition I was unemployed for a couple months um and then I really took that time to be creative I know you know David and I are both and sounds like you are too Max like not very good at sitting still so you find outlets for your creativity but I agree with you I think it is like a very difficult time for a lot of people especially if you're used to collaborating exchanging energy you know, yeah, exchanging yeah. ideas. It's um, it's hard to do all that through a screen. I almost compared, I almost the other day um, in Zoom chats, even like this, it's, it's like this hybrid, it's this middle ground of mean comments online and being nice in person. On Zoom, especially when you're having meetings with people you don't care for that much, not this one, I'm saying like client, <laughs> client meetings where you're like, you know, you're, you're having to do business and all that. And then you can kind of be a little bit of a worse version of yourself because you know, at the end of it, you just press a button and you're out. Yeah. Whereas when you're in real life, you actually, you, you, you're more endearing. You, ha- you, you want to be nicer to people, but this is like, there's, yeah, you could, you don't have to be as nice. And then therefore it just makes it a worse, ex- everything's worse. Yeah. You're just <laughs> on a screen. We're all more excited to get back to real life. Um, but I'm glad you have this comedy uh, comedy app. Everybody should check it out again. It's called Laugh Space, Laughscape. And at the end, we'll um, make sure we plug where people can find you. But speaking of comedies and speaking of Australians, that's my segue. I thought it was pretty good. The Castle. So, <laughs> David, I already know you hadn't seen this film, right? You'd never even heard of it. No, I have not. Max, did you so... grow up watching this movie? Grew up watching it, and um, I am. I'm so glad. I, I want to know what your thinking was to, to pick this film for for this episode. But thank you for doing that because it's almost. Yeah. I just almost needed it at the same time. It was just so nice. Usually, we sort of like give the guests a bunch of you know movies to choose from, but I really wanted to do an Australian movie with an Australian, especially someone like you, who I know is very heavily involved in comedy, because this is a comedy. It's a feel good comedy. Um, I think it's interesting to watch it now, you know, in 2021, like it's been, I think this came, this came out in 1997, David, you said, I, I have the IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, was it, did it come out in the U S in 97 oh. earlier in Australia? I have to look and research that someone will write us an email yeah. and be like, you guys, it's so easy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so basically it's been a number of years since this movie came out, you know, like there's really not cell phones in it. Um, and I wanted to just ask you guys right off the bat, David, did you get a lot of the references or did you have to like stop Google, put the subtitle? Um, references like to what? Well, he uses I a got, lo- I got some of the like slang you guys use yeah you got it right away yeah yeah i, I i've had a few other like australians and i've seen a ton of movies so i like when you when they say oh good on you mate yeah. and then towards the end they just say good on and like start <laughs> dropping it so i i, I love that well and- well one that one that jumped out at me was they're having so yeah david did a great job at the synopsis but there's a couple of neighbors and they're trying to stop this corporation from buying up their houses and he gets like the neighbors together and it's 
three dudes and one woman, Yvonne, I think that's her name. And he says a swear word and then he goes, oh, sorry, Yvonne. And she goes, get your hand off it. Did you get, do you know yeah. what that means? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Max, would Is that you like, like getting your hand off your, off your junk? I think so. Max, would you like to translate? It's so funny. Some of these slang terms, like I know that term so well, but I've never broken it down to like, right. <laughs> get your hand off it. It's almost like stop. Oh, this is going to be like slang again. Like, stop carrying on, or stop. Yeah, like leave it alone. Oh. Essentially, oh, leave okay. it alone. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, but I think it, I think it does. Com- it. I think it does come from like, yeah. It's like get your hand off. Stop jerking. Your exactly. Genitals. Stop jerking yeah. your jerk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a co- there was a couple of things like that. Like, um, I, and also, what's interesting is like rewatching this film. I realized there are so many things that my parents used to say that came from this movie. Like, <laughs> but like we're going to Bonnie Dune. Like, or um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but it was really it's, yeah. Go ahead, Max. Pop culture. Uh, this is just like what I found out of it was like every line is quotable, and it has been like there's not one line in that film that I haven't heard in the last like ten years. Yeah. With friends, you know, like just, you know, if we're going somewhere or we're at, we're at a bar at my house or something, you know, like something, it'll just get referenced in a little yeah. way. And you're like, a great example is um, that's going straight to the pool room. My parents would say that all the time <laughs> when I was a kid. I was, I was thinking I'm going to start using that one and yeah. then maybe a couple other things. Like, yeah. Oh, my 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 mom and dad used to joke about like, well, you've done something to it, you know. Like if it was the most simple meal, they'd make that joke. Like, yeah, and she's like, oh, but you've done something to it. I just scooped it out. Yeah, <laughs> like with the ice cream. Yeah. He's like, why would you go out when this is getting in front of you know? Like, yeah. Honestly, like Daryl Kerrigan, that's the main actor played by it's it's Michael Caton, right? It's, no, is that who plays him? Isn't that the, that's uh, the yeah, Michael. Is no, it, it's, it's Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, it is. Michael it's with a, with a C. Um, C-A-T-O-N. He, he is like the epitome to me of like the Australian father. Like just so nice, so loving. There's there's parts about him that remind me of my own father. Like the the jumpers he wears. Like you know, mm-hmm. just being pleased to be outside. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, he's like a really sweet character, you know? Yeah, you're so, you're that classic protagonist of like, you're rooting for him. Yeah. You just, you are, he's so endearing. The whole family is, it's, it's unbelievably just like, it's so powerful what they did. <laughs> you just, you want that, like, you just want them to keep that house, even though it is on, on paper. A bit of a shithole. Yeah. yeah. Shit. It's funny. It's funny. He like, is our he is our protagonist, but we are actually introduced to the film by Dale Kerrigan, who is kind of, I don't want to be inappropriate here, but he's kind of like not a hundred percent. Like he's maybe a little bit slow. He's kind of like says some off things. Um, you know. So but, what movie do they have on the fly? Oh yeah. <laughs> and he just kept asking, and they're like, what is it? Twister. Oh, and then they get back into the conversation. Yeah. What was the second movie? Uh, Dr- uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Uh, which one they play first? Yeah, <laughs> like, I was geeking out at that. So yeah, that's. I thought he was hilarious and how he played that. But it, it was an interesting take because he narrated the whole movie. Yeah, and he kept almost, popping back in. Yeah, it was like telling back. his story. You're, you're back, Max. Um, yeah, it was. We were just saying it was like a it was interesting that Dale was narrating because it was like a, almost like a mockumentary. I mean, he's talking to camera. He's talking to us, the, 
they, they never really get into it where it's like he, they don't make it like he's making a video for the family he's just this is my family and he's telling he's talking us through it and i love the yeah. narration from him because he's so simple like this is totally yeah. going to the end and, and spoiling it but um i died laughing when his brother got married and then three weeks later they had a baby and he's like so amazed that it happened that quickly <laughs> you know? yeah yeah and uh, it's, i had a laugh at that as well um but he the the use of narration created those like great little comedy bits where it was like um the the lawyers you know the lawyer's shitting himself and then it would just do the the dialogue would be i'm shitting myself yeah, yeah. Like, you could just do that a bunch of times they use that at heaps but it, each time yeah. it, worked, it was like it does wow. it definitely yeah. does and i love yeah so this is like a deadpan comedy right yeah. and yeah i just thought he i thought he crushed that and he was <laughs> such a character like all their clothes, their haircuts, and with the dad, with uh, Daryl talking to, what was his other son's name? Um, Is Wayne? it Steve? Oh, Wayne. Wayne's in prison and then Steve was- Okay. Steve was the one that loved a deal. Oh, and that's another Steve, thing. Mike. Yeah, so that's the thing I was getting to. So, oh, they got a, uh, like two, two jealousies, yeah, for sale. How much? 800? Oh, <laughs> like in his tell him he's dreaming. Like tell him, tell, tell him, him he's dreaming. My dad, no, he's dream. No, he say, yeah, he's dreaming. And they go back, and, and they uh, just—they're always bargaining, looking in the paper, looking for deals. Yeah, yeah like with this gun, he, uh, he pulled out the gun on that hoodlum that came to threaten him. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, I said I don't want any more guns in the house after Wayne. And he's like, "Where'd you get that thing, anyways?" He's like, "Oh, I bought it." It's like, "How much? One fifty? He goes, "How much they asked?" <laughs> like 300 or something like that yeah. he's like get rid of it but sell it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he's still interested he was so angry but he was still interested in like how much he got it for <laughs> yeah the, the dad was such a beautiful character too because he was like so proud of all of his kids and one's in prison and they just don't blame him like he just fell in with the wrong crowd you know and then also um dale who's our narrator who's like clearly not all there He's like, go on, Dale, tell him, tell him. And he's like, I dug a hole. And everyone's like, yeah, good job. And then, <laughs> and then the mom brings over dinner and he's like, seems like everybody's kicked a goal today. Like, you know, yeah. he's like, so upbeat, which is so. Well, even, even the lawyer, even the lawyer where he goes, he, um, Rob, he's like, you, you did the case for Wayne. He goes, Wayne got eight years. He goes, but you did your best. <laughs> but you did your best. Yeah. You got eight years. He just, yeah. he, he just seems to believe in every single person around him. And that's really like uplifting, which is so. And that is why he got the help um, from that other lawyer. the yeah. Lawrence. The, uh, Lawrence, the Q, yeah. The QC, the Lawrence Queen's Hamill. Council. Um, Queen's Council. So he's telling him and he's excited for uh for lauren's son who is his first court appearance that day yeah he's like oh what is he in for like what's he is he gonna get time and he's like no he's actually a lawyer and he's like oh good on you he's like he's got a degree too my daughter got one from like sunset tech she's a hairstylist yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's like look at us we both got kids <laughs> with degrees yeah and then he's like all right man and he kind of you know he tells him he's just such a joyful guy yeah and showing love to lawrence that lawrence ends up coming to help him out which yeah, I thought yeah. was a really cool part of that. It's like a karma thing, and, right? You, you get out what like, you put in. Well, yeah. And the flip is actually the QC lawyer needed him in, in a way of like, he needed a mate, like he needed like, you can see, cause at the end they go fishing together all the time. You're like, yeah. you probably, he probably helped him out as much as each other. Yeah. They had the friendship exactly. and he was reminded him of the simple things because I think that's a theme we don't see a lot in, um, 
well I don't think a lot of people watch like very Australian movies even though it's English and like they totally should and I hope this podcast makes people go looking for these Australian films because there are some gems which I'm excited to talk about further in the podcast down the road but this story really shows a lot of the cultural differences in Australia because you similar to America you know you've got your sort of like working class and then you've got your blue collar and Lawrence is definitely sorry white collar blue um Lawrence is like definitely white collar like he's super educated you can even tell probably David from their accents like they speak very differently like blue collar yeah you're saying Lawrence Lawrence is Lawrence Lawrence is white white collar collar, yeah Yeah, blue collar would be um working uh, class yeah Daryl and and you can kind of see the differences in their accents and also you can kind of see like the differences in their expectations you know like education education like you know all of that stuff and it's interesting because Daryl is like very dismissed he goes to a couple of judges people are very dismissive of him. Nobody really wants to help him. But then as soon as you've got this like smart talking lawyer, everybody's like paying attention. So I think we see that a Mm -hmm. lot in American cinema, but it, you know, it's just a good reminder that there are class divides um, perceived or otherwise in, in Australia too, and in other countries. Exactly. And uh, go ahead. Oh, I just, uh, you know, almost like one of the, the lines that really stood out to me from, from a, uh, in the, in this realm was um you can't buy what i've got yeah and i was like ah that's so good like that's that you know you, you could argue he, he's happier than like that qc lawyer yeah and the qc lawyer actually envied him yeah. in like in you know in terms of like caring for his family and and you know what he appreciates he just appreciates what he's got so um yeah it was really good to kind of like see that highlighted a little bit even though it wasn't really like said in dialogue it, you could just tell lawrence said that in his closing statements though ah uh, he, he touches on that and he's like yeah you you can quantify his house you can go and make a checklist on what the house is where it's located he's like but it's not a house and he kind of quotes him he's like they built a home there there's mm-hmm. memories there's uh his family that he he raised and all the memories that come with that house and home that they built and he's like you can't put a price on that so he kind of like i think you're right max he learned a lot from daryl and just having that sense of like awe with even your surroundings living next to the airport and always thinking okay i can think about the negativity in my life but i can always have that positive filter where i'm only focusing on he the also, positive he and also- what's good and that's that's how you're going to live your life. And he I, also I lives on a landfill, which he's very proud of. <laughs> yeah. But everybody else is horrified about. Is, what do you know about lead? <laughs> yeah, what do you know about lead? It's great. But I am going to come in now and be a Debbie Downer because something that did age like milk to me that really stood out in this podcast was the constant reference of Aboriginals. And he finally understood how the Aboriginals felt. And they kept referencing Mabo, who was a famous Aboriginal who stood up and fought corporations for people moving onto his native land. And so I think now they wouldn't throw it into a movie in the jokey way that they did in this film. And I just wanted to ask you, David, if that stuck out to you. No, that definitely, I had that in my notes. Um, So I I didn't think it was a jokey way because like you said, he understood it. And he's like, you can't just take what is mine like we did to the Aborigines, what we, what people in the US did to Native Americans, Mm -hmm. right? You can't just do that, but we can, and this is, um, or sorry, we did. 
and it's still fucked up. So you're kind of looking at the error of our ways and the people that came before us, like what the atrocities they did to the native people in that land. So that it's not just a US thing. This happens, this happened all yeah. over the world. And you know, they're marginalized and they're pushed to the side. And then it's like now we create our laws to protect us. Exactly. And it's kind of funny that even with those laws, then now a corporation is using those laws to even fuck over the people that in quotations, took over that land from the, the Aborigines. So like people are just keep with power, keep fucking over people that they can fuck over basically. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to see what you guys' thoughts were with how he phrased that and what happened to him. Um, well, I'm curious to ask Max, like what is the vibe check in Australia right now in regards to like native land rights? Cause I feel like Australia has definitely come along but I know that there's still a ways to go. Oh, a long way to go, really. Like, there's, it's still um, a massive issue. And um, I think even recently, I, I'll have to like, I, I haven't got research in front of me, but the, I think Rio Tinto, which is like a big mining company, yeah. just went ahead and like blew up some uh, native Aboriginal land to go mining without checking, like without um, getting the okay, or even, I think they were even told not to do it. And then they, they still did they, it. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, sorry. Um, and yeah, there's there's been, it, yeah, it's just, it's such a, uh, it, you know, you can see it all encompassed in this film of like, yeah, the corp big corporations, they don't, they just give a shit about money. They don't care about anything else. And, you know, it's like the, 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 the story of the castle is like, it's essentially a, an Aboriginal story mm -hmm. from like, you, you know, a hundred years before that, um, mm -hmm. and still to this day. So it's like in this, in this story, it's, it's a, it's a white guy. It's a white family dealing with it, but it's like, it's, they can put that kind of like, you know, those comedy quotable references all through the film, but like the essence of it is pretty fucked up. Really? Yeah. 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 It's, it's profit over people essentially. Yeah. And it's interesting the way they use law that way. So we set up a constitution that we fucked over these people, but now let's set up this constitution so we can't, nobody can do to us what we just did to them. Yeah. And then we'll cut, we'll, everything's good under this constitution now. And I like Dennis Donato, who is the lawyer to Daryl. He's like, it's, yeah, it's the constitution. And she's like, which part of the constitution? And he's just like, it's the general vibe. The vibe. Yeah, I love that. I love that <laughs> and it's part. True. It's true. It's like, you know, we see these laws. You're absolutely right, David. We see these laws coming in and it's like now corporations are so insular and people are, and, and you kind of get the sense in this film too, that like, they're bribing people. I, to me, I thought that was what was fucked up. And, and, you know, I don't think in America that, I mean, maybe in a movie it would be like, but if man's home is castle, like in this movie, they're like, no, he's right. Let's let him keep his house in America. They'd be like, fuck you. It's progress. It's capitalism. Like, bye. yeah, move. So, we're putting a freeway yeah. through here. I actually said to my partner when the standover guy came over and said like, take the deal. And I was like, and then they took it. And then they went over and like stole someone's his, uh, his gate. gate. I was like, if this wasn't a film, They'll, they'd be dead. The family would be dead. Oh, like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, there wouldn't be this happy ending. No way in real life. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> is fucked up. Um, I was like watching the film with a filter like, oh, 1997, very white Australian film. I think there's going to be some really bad things that, you know, haven't aged well. 
I was pleasantly surprised yeah. how progressive it was even then. Um, yeah. Do you guys have, besides uh, Aborigines, do you guys have minorities in Australia? <laughs> David, David's <laughs> like, we always talk about this. You know, David and I live in Los Angeles. David, as you know, is a bi- half, he's a biracial man. And so we always watch these movies. And like, I feel like I'm usually the one that's like, David, there was no black people in this movie. Or like, mm. we call out like the lack of minorities. But yeah, there really wasn't, I mean, they had the Arabic guy. But you guy. have them. We do, they, yes, of course they exist. We have a ton <laughs> of Asian people in America, especially where Max lives in Melbourne. They've got like a massive um, Asian population, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, Chinatown's but massive, according yeah. to this film, there's none. So oh, and, there's none. Oh, there's the guy who lives Baruch. next door. Farouk. Farouk yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. He's like, but, he's like, yeah. I don't mind those planes. Like, these ones just fly <laughs> over. The ones where I'm from, they drop bombs if they fly <laughs> over. Yes, and he had some hilarious lines, but they are, like, borderline offensive. Like, he tells the guy comes over to evaluate his house, or the guy comes over to, like, the heavy, comes over to intimidate him, and he's like, uh, you know, I tell him that uh, <laughs> he has friends, I have friends. My friends right. have bombs, so, you know. So and put the him guy- in your car. <laughs> and then he's like, he got scared, and he's like, you know those? He's like, no, but that does happen in my country. Yeah. yeah. But then, and Actually, that probably didn't age very well. No, and and, <laughs> and then, then the cash bit. The Wait. cash bit. He pulls out cash to pay for the lawyer, and he, I think he says, "What's with wogs and lawyers?" Which wogs is in cash. Wogs in cash, right? Yeah. Oh, is that uh, like wogs a, is that? a very? It's a. I don't know if it's a like like a, I have to beep it out in the podcast, but it's a derogatory term. We had a film growing up called Wog Boy, and it was essentially about a Greek kid and how outcasted he was and like it's kind of a catch-all term for i think people of middle eastern or mediterranean max you'd have to back me up here yeah i wonder what it stands for i don't know actually but yeah no it's definitely it's definitely not in the vocabulary like we you know it's it's a uh it's a derogatory term um but in saying that, uh, that movie you just mentioned, Paris, Wogboy 3 is currently in production. I saw. I saw that. <laughs> so it's so still... Obviously, people don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Boy 3, listen, the we, near you. we've touched it's on... Also, it's, also a, uh, it's also tells you the calibre of films getting made in Australia at the moment is <laughs> pretty low. <laughs> listen, Australia's come out with some amazing films. But yeah, I think there's definitely room for diversity casting and yes david it's a fair question because according to this film every single person in australia is white which is white inaccurate but this film gave us one actor who i've seen multiple times (laughs) oh yeah who is that (laughs) banna were you shocked to see him who yeah i was like wait a minute and i was like that's fucking eric banna (laughs) that that guy played the hulk at one point yeah yeah he was in troy he you know what i mean no he's he's a he's a, a he's, he's a huge star huge yeah, he's been in some solid films in, um, every australian knows him as a comedy actor um and then every american knows him as like an action star it's so crazy he's that is his whole his whole like uh i don't know early career was in like sketch shows um like character based sketch shows like there's still people that quote some of his characters that he does and uh and then you know movies like that and there was a bunch of others and then i literally don't know how that flip happened where it was like i think every australian when he was like cast in the hulk was like what him but he does yeah i dropped his accent maybe a little bit and yeah yeah, yeah. he was in troy yeah Uh, cast aside brad pitt like that was a blockbuster movie so good good for eric my guess is good on you 
Good on you, mate. Good on you, you, mate. My my guess is he did the thing that a lot of Australians do. I mean, I'm still here. Max, you came over to LA for a while. I know like everybody kind of dips their toe over in the US uh, because I mean, there is a film scene in Australia and it's pretty big, but like Max said, you know, they're making Wog Boy 3 this year. Whereas if you're in the States, you're getting cast in things like Aquaman and then you're flying back to your home country and you're getting, you know, to live that life. So it's something that I'm curious to hear a little bit about your opinion, Max. It's kind of a tangent, but the film industry in Australia, you know, it is obviously doing stuff. You're making a living out of it. Um, You're doing cool things, but tell us about it like it does it feel small does it feel different than the US I know you were only over here for a little bit yeah well I only went there just to study so I was there for um six between six and eight months or something but I was studying full-time wasn't really looking for I was probably too green to be looking for work or anything but um but it was more just the experience and just seeing because you know that there was a point where I wanted to you know just study, but also just test the, dip my toes in the waters of living over there, um, coming back. And then I came back and I think, um, I don't know, I can't really tell the vibe over in, in LA, but I, but I know what you mean in terms of like, let's just come on and get, you know, these, act, these ripped actors in front of green screen for like a couple of months, um, shoot these like ridiculous CGI blockbusters and then, yeah, go back. But I feel like a lot of storytelling starting to possibly, and I might be wrong here, but possibly leaving um, Hollywood, but, but I, cause I know that so much is happening on the Gold Coast at the moment. Um, and they're building like massive sets. Marvel's made a massive like footprint, even though I just said, you know, um, storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I know like, even the major stadium in Melbourne, the um, where a lot of the AFL happens, uh, there's two stadiums, MCG, which is like classic. And the second one is called Marvel Stadium. Like no they literally, way. They literally sponsored, like it's got this massive Marvel thing. It's right in the middle of Melbourne. Um, and, and they are, but they are shooting a lot of stuff in Australia and, and uh, New Zealand too. Um, but yeah. I think still a lot of the decisions and stuff is coming oh, from America. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't really, I've kind of, been out of it a little bit in the you know those bigger bigger things i'm just like quite stuck in smaller things here at the moment but um but you know every now and again you just see like oh you know the rocks in uh gold coast and this and that and tom hanks was here just a minute ago yeah he was like the first person i knew that got covid yeah we gave him covid and scared everyone like oh my god and then he was okay everyone was like not tom not uncle tom australia Australia killed tom hanks we'll never forgive you (laughs) (laughs) that would have been one way to really kill the film industry (laughs) if you go there you die like tom hanks yeah Yeah. (laughs) thank god he's okay thanks um but no i mean australia to me in the film world like i'll always see these really cool i feel like australia's been crushing it in horror the last 10 years maybe more um but then also you'll see these movies that come out of australia that are just so like beautiful and like you said storytelling is really valued there i mean it's a huge part of aboriginal culture which obviously we're white people so we stole it um uh you know like it's just i think there are like a lot of creatives in australia that don't have that same access to the stuff that we have in the u.s so they kind of have to really be you know making it themselves and like um yeah collaborating and stuff which is kind of beautiful um but i know it can be very limited yeah it's hard 
it's hard as I try and compare because I can't really like I don't really know what it's like over there but um it's definitely I, I definitely feel like doors are more doors are opening up in um Australia unlike because I haven't got that massive urge to live in LA anymore because I'm seeing such a like we're seeing streaming um you know all these streaming platforms kind of like start to put out um applications and offers in where we are so it's almost like yeah so it's and that and that's only just becoming a thing where um you know five years ago there there's just no opportunity you like you would go to some of the big networks and they would have such a stranglehold on mm-hmm. uh, on everyone that they would they could just be assholes. But now they're so competitive, everyone's looking for something, and everyone's looking to be to do local local things. Mm-hmm. And there's also a government quota which doesn't apply to a lot of the big uh, streaming network uh, networks at the moment, where it has to be, you know, a certain percentage of everything that's on air has to be made in the country. And it was a really cool thing they did to try and make sure that we you know don't lose this industry completely yeah um and there's a big push to try and like make that happen for streaming and if that does happen they'll be putting anything on it they'll be they'll be <laughs> they'll be green lighting the worst stuff and probably like retracting my that. way yeah yeah <laughs> yeah david and i are coming we've got some ideas american actor <laughs> and american writer producer move to australia <laughs> Get their get their career going. Oh, me, I'm Australian. Well, Australian. Yeah. So yours is even better. I'm, yours I'm is a, one I'm more. Hybrid, yours yeah. is one more step. Australian goes uh, come back. And, then, come and back. we got and we got Max too. He's our in. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We go over there and then we we make a bunch of stuff. But I'm I mean yeah, I'm glad they cool. I, I'm glad they have stuff like that, Max. Because if they didn't, you know, every culture has different stories. And Australia, as whitewashed as this film was, like this story was so sweet and tender, the castle, you know, we don't want to see everything America, 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 because there are people around the world. And it's, you know, I love watching movies from other countries. I love watching TV shows in different languages. Um, I just watched this. I'm not really a horror person, but I just watched this insane horror film from Sweden called Let the Right One In, which is very famous and won a lot of awards. And that was such a different taste and tone than what like an American company would make or like what an Australian mm. production team would make. So I think it's sure. really, I think it's really important to maintain stories like the castle and yeah, other stuff. So I'm glad the industry's feeling a little bit more healthy over there. But also um, in saying that I, I'm almost um, have to clarify that it's like not a lot of, I still don't think a lot of Australian stories are being told. It's more just like American projects are, are happening in this country yeah yeah so it's like it's just it's it's i think it's like it's great for crew like crew are getting lots of work but no in terms of australian stories getting told as you said paris it's still it's still pretty dismal um but uh there is a movie speaking of eric banner just before one to write down because we like we watched it maybe a month ago called the dry it's uh eric banner plays a lead in this kind of like uh, mystery thriller and uh it was really good it was really good is it about the drought the dry it starts with that okay well no that, spoilers yeah. but yeah everybody <laughs> check that movie out too um yeah. but yeah i just wanted to say too with uh what max was saying so you guys are getting these opportunities and that's eventually you're going to start getting australian stories greenlit and projects because look at what netflix is doing like if you scroll through netflix you're going to see a ton of shows that are dubbed over 
from their original language and then you can switch to you can go in their original language if you want to as well so yeah. and they're telling like they're putting a bunch of content out from other countries that are yeah. making these like 8 10 12 episode series they're having multiple seasons and these are some of the more popular things on Netflix like I watch multiple of those like whether it's like a German um, series or a Swedish and the stories are the amazing thing is, the thing is as well we don't want to have the same same it's like going to a buffet and eating the same dish every yeah. time like david you're a good viewer but like i'm glad netflix mm -hmm. is appreciating that like german content is great australian content yeah. latin america well, with all with australia though it's the language barrier isn't there so it's not even going to be that divide where i gotta tr train my mind to be like okay it is dubbed over but getting the story somehow either go yeah. subtitles and the original language or do the dub even though it sounds a little silly sometimes and the mouth movements off but with with you guys in Australia, you won't have that issue. I so always, I always go subtitles. I always, I don't want to hear. On I like streaming series. Oh yeah. yeah I don't, like dubbed I, over. No, I, no, I don't, I don't do dubbed. I do uh, subtitles all day. I, it depends for me. If, if it's a decent dub over, I'll listen to it. Huh. And I'll, I could, cause I can get into it. There was this one German show about like time travel with three different timelines and they were going through this cave it's like the dark or something like that i forget what it's called but it was it's a pretty good story and the dub's not that bad so okay. like you get it get a couple episodes into it you start hanging basically right. uh, i think yeah. i i think i'm with you paris I, I start to think like what does that person actually look like <laughs> the person doing the voice here they yeah like sometimes it doesn't match that voice yeah, yeah, to that yeah. character it's, it's like a high high voice <laughs> in this big yeah. big character this jack i wonder like as a, a performer when you you know like if someone dubbed you and you're listening to like your the korean version of yourself and you're like <laughs> this sounds like a korean me because <laughs> they get they get cat they get the title too like in the in the casting i think on netflix so you could go and like look at that person they cast you as i right. hope to do i hope to have to do that someday like yeah i can't believe this guy this is who yeah. they picked and then, nothing be, and, then like do like a, and then I do like a worldwide holiday where I have to go have a beer with every, <laughs> every version of myself. That you know? would be so fun. <laughs> See, that is, that's fucking hilarious. You could write a story. I was going to say, that sounds like a story to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys have anything else from the film? I did want to call out a couple of things that were hilarious to me. Um, the dad races greyhounds in the castle and <laughs> the one that was like the champion was called Red Rocket, which I was like, oh my God, I just- Penis joke penis or dog joke. penis joke. Just dying. Yeah. Um, and then I loved that his next best dog is called Coco and then she has a son and he calls her son of Coco. Son, son of Coco. Coco. <laughs> that was brilliant. That is was greyhound true. racing a big thing in Australia? It was, I don't know if it still is. Um, that's where they met, that's where- uh... It's yeah, kind of, yeah. It, it's kind of like a it's definitely like a blue collar sport. You know, the horse racing yeah. would be the fancy version. Yeah, it's very okay. um it's very relevant to the story that they it's like says a lot that they both go to the like cuz not only does is it like you know a weird kind of sport where it's a bit like you know lower on the I don't know, just a bit a bit bogan which is uh you know, we might have to translate the word like bogan a white trash with, type a little okay. bit but less offense yeah less derogatory because that's a good point because the wife um she's talking about how they met and she's like wait they don't know this part of the story i was actually with there with some other guy who was doing this and then daryl's like yeah we'd probably 
like doing something stupid right now. She's like, no, he has a construction company now. And yeah. it's still like what the job was. So that kind of makes sense. That kind of, he's, yeah, he says he's, probably, he's out in the, he's out in the bush digging holes and she's like, he works, yeah. he's got a construction company, Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. She, <laughs> she also talks about so how that's he, a come up though. He, he also talks about, she also talks about how he went on this date to the Carvery, which is like a very Australian thing. Usually at like a lot of these places, they will be like, I don't even know how to describe it, Max. It's like a meat, essentially like a, it's not it's not fancy it's like a like a meat restaurant and they you know carve the meat in front of you or so i don't know yeah yeah that is kind of fancy and, like a brazilian steakhouse yeah but it's not it's like a it's it's like in australia pub grub is like very common you know it's like i don't know what the cost of it is now max but when i was at uni it was like ten dollars and you get like steak and mash and peas and very simple um yeah so like but that. sometimes like there's like a sometimes a pop culture like joke in people that live in the country like out where i am at the moment that whenever there's someone's birthday or something to celebrate you go to the local chinese restaurant in town and that's like the that's the the schmick place to, to take yeah fancy family if things have gone well okay um, i really yeah. loved i really loved that eric banner's character and his wife um or his yeah the daughter tracy of daryl they were the first ones in their family to go overseas and they went to Thailand and they sort of vibe back into the conversation and they're literally talking about the plane and they're like, we had a choice of chicken or fish, mum. <laughs> oh no, she she had beef wellington. Beef and they're wellington. like, wow. What's yeah. that? It's like breaded yeah. beef or something. Like and they that. brought a genuine Rolex on the beach for the mum for $15 and the guy's going to mail them the certificate. <laughs> like they're just so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think as well, as well as like a more like not aged like milk aged like wine i thought that um you know heroing the daughter is like you know it, she is just like she's powerful everyone adores like her she's like yeah. she's the family hero in the story which is i think really a really nice choice they made even though mm. everyone else are boys all all the brothers and stuff like that she's just like this angel in in the house um yeah. which i thought aged very well and the way he respects yeah. his wife and loves her. But I will say, I did write down, you bring up a great point, Max. The lawyer, the first lawyer, the totally hopeless one, he's always fucking around with his photocopy machine. And Daryl says, why don't you get your girl to do that for you? Which oh. I was like, all right, 1950s cold. They want their yeah. stereotypes yeah. back. When I heard that, I was like, damn it, that was, we were going so well. Everything was going great. <laughs> we, were, we were respecting women. You know, one of the, a couple of the judges were women, like, and no, yeah. you lost yeah. me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but did you, yeah, David, did anything else stick out to you? I feel like you have a very interesting take because you are the foreigner in this scenario. Yeah, I just kept thinking like, similar with the laws and how they're set up because that's something that would happen in the u.s and i just i yeah i, I thought overall the 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 vibe the vibe of this movie compared to the vibe of their constitution uh was pretty good it's a it's definitely a feel-good movie oh i don't want to touch on um like you, you were saying that australian movies aren't really presented or whatever but this did this crushed um as far as making money right mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. had like a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar budget and it made over 10 million and mm -hmm. then uh miramax picked it up for like six mm -hmm. million so good for them 
taking a project and I love the way this team and the fact fact that it's a comedy because you know comedies are often very regional we always know that like what what's hilarious in Japan may not be funny in Australia or you know whatever so the fact that this movie did well and was a comedy and was very Australian was Mm -hmm. very nice yeah well that's like the thing that I am one of the major learnings when I was doing screenwriting in Los Angeles was like um keep keep it primal like keep really like once you cut away everything and what you're sub what you're talking about what what's pushing the story forward is like primal primal kind of instincts and that's like you know he's just protect he's like protecting his family like he he's he's just like a that's a, uni- th- that's a universal thing loving your family loving your home um so it translates I, I, to everybody i agree yeah. and and i think the charm of it is that he just and, then, and that's the thing with good characters in movies that you and I both know, David, and also you, Max, as a writer, you know, so long as the character strongly feels uh, that that their thing is the right thing, whether they're the villain, whether they're like kind of a bogan, whatever, like, I think that's what that really comes through in this movie is he just loves his life and he doesn't give yeah. a fuck what anybody else thinks. He can't even see it because he's mm, so, yeah, it's yeah. not, at the end, he kind of gets a little downtrodden because this company's still coming for him and they, you know, they're trying to buy his house for $70,000, which I was like, man, we should, David, maybe we should pull our money and go buy a house. And- <laughs> <laughs> and- oh, no, sorry. Uh, one thing that's aged like milk is housing the house prices. prices <laughs> yeah, that, that is not accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I agree with you, Max, and that's a good point for any any creatives out there who are like, I live in a weird town or a strange place far off the beaten path. We have a we have like two or three really dedicated listeners from um, Holland, I think it is Belgium, right, David? Mm-hmm. Um, and they listen every single week. So, you know, I want to yeah. see some Belgium stories uh, coming around. And- Absolutely, and I think yeah, just to I think we touched on it earlier, but the um, it's made, even though we're, we're literally in a, like another lockdown now and I've got like, you know, the two kids and we're just stuck. We're stuck here for, you know, who knows how long. Um, I'm going to do a bit of a uh, bit of the castle vibes of like, how good is this? You know, there's an electric, actually there's cows all around and it's a they're working, it's a working farm. So just out the front of where I am is an electric fence. Like if we touched it, we'll get shocked. And it's got <laughs> things like do not tie, like all these warning things on there. And it's almost now like me looking at the power lines. Like, yeah, ah, like, like Daryl does. does. Yeah, look at yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, you, ever see, you ever see two of those? And look how tall they are. Yeah, he yeah. loves, Daryl loves the power lines and he's got this big, ugly, like, what, what's the thing on his roof? The, uh, the antenna and he loves antenna. it. Loves it. And then the chimney's fake too, just yep. for the look. Uh, (laughs) no daryl's a good guy he's uh, this is a really charming movie i do think you should watch it i don't think you should expect to see any person of color at all um but it is a charming charming movie and i do think more americans should jump into australian films i did turn on the subtitles for my partner who is american although he claimed he did not need them we put them on and i'm glad we did because he caught a couple things that he might have missed otherwise and he did ask me actually he did ask me why are the judges dressed like santa i don't think the judges dress like that here do they david uh they used to okay so like that's all from from england right and that i guess uh, so yeah no no that's from that's from like england like commonwealth times they they would all wear those wigs right and then people in the states and the colonies did as well i think even in the courtroom and then that probably that's why people in Australia Got as well, because I think there was one point English where um, it was like a thing to to wear wigs and 
and I think there was a moment in time where men in like I think yeah the in, in UK and England uh and I'm talking a long long time ago where it was like yeah you were <laughs> wearing like a, a wig and a dress and makeup you were like hey he's a big dog this I think guy. The, yeah. yeah I think it's they like were called the wigs I think there was a part yeah it's like it was a definitely like a wealthy educated thing um yeah I wonder if that like it's supposed to come in you know waves uh, yeah Fashion. I can't see. I I have yet to see that every thirty years. Yeah, I can't see that coming back like flares or anything. Well, listen, Gen Z is trying to bring back low rise jeans, so don't count it out because well, that hopefully might be... they bring their wigs too. And, uh... <laughs> I've seen I've seen a uh, I've seen a, a youth with um a chain, you know, a chain to their wallet, and I was like, hey, didn't think that was gonna come back. That was my, that was my thing. Yeah. It's back, baby. Pull it's yours back. out. Yeah. It's yeah, back. yeah. Blow the dust off it. Yeah. I'm back. I, I knew I should I knew I wasn't gonna throw this out for a reason. I love it. Well, um, we always do a little shout out at the end of the episode to somebody from the cast or crew. Max, I don't know if you knew about this. So David and I will go first. I'll go first this time because I never go first. And I'll give Max a second to pick someone. So I'm gonna call out Robin Nevin. She was actually an actress in this film. She played the federal court judge with the the silver hair, the one that that uh, Daryl, or not Daryl, the the crappy lawyer goes up to the bench and he's like, "Am I in the ballpark?" And she's like, "I'm a judge. I can't like tell, tell you what to do." <laughs> he's like, he goes back. He's like, "Yep, vibe." It's yeah, he's overall, yeah. Vibe. No, he, 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 he does. He literally <laughs> goes. He literally goes back and he's like, I got it. He clicks his fingers. He's like, I got it. And then it's just the worst closing speech you've ever heard in your life. He's like, in summation, it's the vibe. It's the constitution. It's Mabo. And she's just looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? But um, she's, I loved her. I thought she did a great job. She is in a ton of Australian things called like this TV show called The End, Dr. Doctor, which is a show that's been going on for a million years. Um, she was in her uh, uh, stories. I want to tell you in person, which was a TV movie. She was in Rake. She was in The Eye of the Storm. She's done like a ton of stuff. Halifax FP. I mean, I just think she was phenomenal. And like Max said, it was great to see a lot of women sort of put in positions of power, even though a term like "get your girl to do it" brought down the feminist vibe. Um, it was still only once. Right. <laughs> only once. It was only one comment, but I was still like, mm, Daryl, maybe not to say that. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah. uh, Max, do you have someone you can call out? Um, oh, I, was, I was just thinking in my head then, Rob Stitch, who's uh, who's the director and one of the writers in it. He's um, since gone on to do just brilliant, just brilliant shows, really good shows. He does a show that's kind of been on air the same amount of seasons as our sketch show, mm -hmm. which is called Utopia. Um, and it's kind of a Parks and Rec kind of vibe of these guys at a local council trying to, you know, keep their head above water and like stop PR crises and things like that. I've never worked on it, but a lot of the, P a, lot, a few actors who work on that work on our show as well. Oh, cool. And they just say that like the way he, he's, he acts in it as well. And he can remember he acts and directs. He remembers like two pages of like dialogue, does it with, you know, an actor. And then at the end of the take, he's got his notes for the other actor as he's just performed it. So he'll perform it and then be like, so when you say, you know, cut and then just be like, um, when you say that bit, try, you know, like he's made all his notes and he's still oh, performing wow. at the same time. He's um, amazing. Yeah. He's pretty well regarded as a, a, a big guru, uh, especially in Victoria, which is where he lives. 
That's amazing. Uh, um, yeah. So him, the other one is, uh, you know, Steve Curry, the, the kind of the kid in the show, he's gone on to do great things and, um, We've never crossed paths, but we've gotten close. So I'd love to work with him on something one day. I'd love you uh, to he work. He plays for the he plays for the Golden State Warriors. Oh, no. did I say the wrong one? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you said Steve Curry. Yeah, yeah. I just thought yeah, it was Steph funny Curry. in the cr- yeah, opening yeah. credits. I was like, Steph Curry's in this. Plays a kid actor somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> David's like, oh, good. There are some people of color in this. No, sorry, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, sorry. But David, yeah. well, uh, by the way, Rob, we see you and we appreciate you. We see Talented. you and we appreciate you. Uh, Rob, Robin, yeah. we see you and we appreciate you. David, who have you got? I went with Michael Davies, costume designer and wardrobe department, because right. the <laughs> wardrobe in this in this movie was amazing. <laughs> I loved yeah. it, and uh, <laughs> just kudos, man. Um, yeah. He worked yeah. on the Thin Red Line, uh, which is a popular Great movie. Great film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animal, a movie, Animal Kingdom, that I had never even heard about. That looks decent it was some of these actors in it yeah i think it's if it's in a i don't know if they did an american version but there was a show in australia called animal kingdom which was just mind-blowing at the time mm-hmm. there's a show now on um tnt animal kingdom is it an american like version? A surfer community a surfer community and they're like criminal family yeah so, uh, so animal kingdom it. in australia came out i think when i was around i was i think i was in uni in sydney and it was about um, a couple of the crime families in Oz, um, and yeah, yeah, pretty fucking. So they probably pull from great. that. Yeah. Um, that's so funny you say that, David, with the costume, because even my partner, who was, you know, we were wrestling two kids as we were watching this film just before we came, I came in here, and um, one of her comments was going, "They just nailed it with the costumes." Oh like, my god, they nailed exactly it! Exactly. <laughs> like the 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 mother with like that like um rose kind of skivvy shirt and it was just like it just was spot on yeah so good it was amazing we love it well we see you and we appreciate you Mm -hmm. um and now uh, max before we decide whether or not this film aged like milk we want uh listeners who've made it this far to be able to find you so how can they follow your career how can they support you what are your handles tell us everything about you just my, I'll just give you my home address. Come yeah. over and have a very, very the castle will come over and I'll give you a tour of the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. There's nothing. I don't really do anything fun on there. Don't Probably be. Laugh. Okay. Follow yeah, that. I was going to say, don't be so Australian about it. Definitely download the Laughscape app. Um, it's available yeah. on iOS and Android, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that you can. There's a bunch of free ones on there, and then you know, if, if you really like it, there's a seven day free trial, and then you can go premium and get more of them. But only do it if you can afford it and it works for you. Otherwise, don't. is that one? Is that one word? Laughscape, yeah, one word, yeah. Max that's is it. doing Max is being very Australian now. See, an American would be like, buy my app, it's the best fucking app in the store, and an Australian's like, nah, that's why you need it. Do it if you want to. Need it's fine. App. You need it. You need you need the app if you love laughing and if you love meditation-based comedy. Okay. Um, if you sleeping. ever want to sleep again, <laughs> yeah. fucking download this app right now. Right, fucking. Maybe I'll get now. David. I'll get David to do my like American translate. Yeah. Of like... <laughs> In a world where sleep is limited. <laughs> Take your ass to sleep right now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Buy premium access or we gonna get you. 
<laughs> and then Max, what about like your sketches and stuff? Can people find you on platforms, yeah. streaming services? How can we watch you being the hilarious man that you are? Um, well, yeah, I think we've got this. We are working on this film at the moment, so we've we put it. We've put the sketch show on hold for for a while. Um, so it's it's still like you know it's very very industry where it's like there's a few things in the works and then nothing irons happens. in the but, fire you know yeah yeah is. but this one feels pretty good actually um but yeah my instagram's max price three if something does happen i'll probably do a little picture to say it happened yeah um, but yeah but until then uh, there's just pictures of my dog and and then a com a thing i think's funny for about 24 hours and then I go, I should probably delete that actually. <laughs> <laughs> and Priceless Productions is you. So um, yeah. yeah, look them up. Nobody's going to be able to hire you from America until we're allowed to travel, but maybe they'll need something shot and you can just go down and do it yourself. I don't know. If you need an Australian to be in a field where I am at the moment, and then you can like do the reverse shot in America. Yeah. I can, I can do this. I can do that side. You Excellent. Get, you, can, you can grab an electric fence or you can you pee on it. Yep. See how that feels. That's I'll pee on a fence for money. Shot. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do anything for money, really. Hell yeah. Um, well, okay then. So what do we think, guys? So has this film aged like milk? Has it gone bad over time? David William Rogers, as the American, Ooh. I think you should go first. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. So I'm going to say... This movie did not age like milk. This is, for me, this is like, this is like a good tequila milk, right? <laughs> like 1942 kind of Don Julio tequila where I'm buying this for my birthday. I'm going to put it in my closet until the day of my birth. Even if it's a couple months out, it's just going to sit there. I'm going to bring it out. We're all going to take a bunch of shots of it. And even just taking one shot, you're just going to be in a good mood the rest of the night. This is that, that milk because the story was amazing. The cast was amazing. And the overall feel, when I was talking about having a positive filter, this is something I learned like in my early 20s, is if you, you take the positive from what happened. We're always working off our memory, right? So if we're constantly fixated on, well, this one thing bad happened, I spilt my coffee, blah, 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 the day was shit. Or it's like, oh, uh, yeah, um, after I spilled my coffee, I got this great call. I won $20, you know, something like that. And that's what you took from that day. That's your positive filter. You're only taking the positive. Yes, yeah, some shit happens in life like it did in this movie, but right. Daryl was always positive. His family was always positive. So you feed off that. So those are the kind of pe people I like to be around. And I just love the overall feeling of this movie. And I just felt good after I watched it. So that's my take. Tequila milk, Don Julio, tequila 1940s milk. tequila milk. I love it. Max, yeah. what do you think about this film as an Aussie who grew up with it? Yeah, holy shit, David. That was epic. That was so, <laughs> like, I love that. Um, I agree. I just, I, I thought it, I thought it aged like a really good $20 wine where you might've like stored it for 20 years and now it's worth $80. Mm. Um, <laughs> like it's still going to be good. It's like, yeah. but what is another comparison? Maybe like, okay, maybe this is more Australian. It aged like a, like a long life milk that you, that when you go to an Airbnb, it sits there and it can sit there for years. It's a, it's 
kind of powdered, but it still does <laughs> the great. job. And it's, it tastes good and, and it gets the job done and you feel all right afterwards. Yeah, your tea still <laughs> tastes good. David, do we have long life milk in, Amer- in America? I don't think I've ever seen like, it before. Is it just powdered milk? I th- yeah, well, it's almost like it comes in um, uh, cartons that are not, uh, I don't know, like well-sealed cartons that, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing this. No, it's okay. Doing this job. No, I'm gonna have to look that up because yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. Sounds like something um, you should have in your bunker. You know, if you have a bunker. Very much. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it. Uh, I was. I thought it was a great way of. Um, you know, not comparing it to any form of liquid. I just was like, it's a great movie to remind yourself to appreciate what you got. Like, 100%. it was. It was almost a little like. It's almost what I needed in a way coming out like escaping you know what the situation we're in and be like no, no i've got a little family here with two daughters and i'm the rest of the weekend is going to be awesome for me i think yeah and i have the film to think a little bit oh that's a well, great outlook i am also i think it's a trifecta this is an it's a, this milk has not aged badly i would say this milk is yeah it's like a rare treat like i don't know if you guys grew up with this i can't remember if it's an australian thing or a hong kong thing max you'll have to jump in but we had these things growing up called Yakults. I don't know. Yeah. Or y- Yakult. Yeah, um, more it, Hong Kong than Australia. Okay. I do remember it. seeing them in the, in the supermarket in Australia, but a Yakult, yeah. a Yakult or a Yakult, I don't know how to say it. Um, it was this, mom and dad used to buy them in packs. They'd come in packs. I think there was like eight or six of them and they just tasted so good. It was kind of like a, a probiotic yogurt drink before it was very trendy. Um, yeah. And they were just little sort of... Um, you know, little round bottles and they were so good. And the kids used to just go nuts with them and they would have all different flavors. They had like grape and strawberry and stuff like that. The classic one was the best, obviously. And we all used to go nuts for it. And I think it's this tasty little treat that is like nostalgic from my childhood. Um, I actually cried when I was watching it. I was so choked up, you know, there's there's parts of this movie that this Daryl kind of reminds me of my dad. You know, I haven't seen my family in two years because of, fucking lockdowns and being stuck inside borders. Okay, anyway, but I'll just say <laughs> it was, yeah, this movie was, I agree with you, was exactly something that I needed. You know, it's like, look around at the small things. And I think we all had to do that in the pandemic. I know I did. I had a, a loving partner, a safe place to be, a gorgeous little dog, a group of friends, a bunch of projects. And it's like, when something like the pandemic happens, it really distills down, like, what is actually important to you? It's it's family. And whether that looks like your friends or your community or your actual physical family, um, I think you just step back and you realize that like, no matter where you are, that's your castle and you just got to be proud of it. So I'm glad we watched this film. Max, yes. I'm glad we got to chat and have you on the podcast. Um, it's Thank always, you. always a pleasure. And everybody go check out Laughscape, even though Max is super chill about it. We would love you to <laughs> support um at least get those listens up especially in the u.s especially if you love to laugh and especially if you love aussie comedy because we're very rude and we say a lot of dumb things yeah there's a bunch of i think there's about 50 comedians on there as well amazing yeah it's a heaps um well thanks max thanks for coming on we appreciate you um we wish you all the best in lockdown nine number 100 or whatever you're five Five. okay yeah oh wow um It's pretty good. Well, stay safe, David. You should check your fridge. And make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Gross milk is gross. That's our show. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Be well. Be safe. Stay happy. Bye.